ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sends and Suffers podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley, and today's conversation is just between a bunch of guys hanging out. These are my two good climbing partners, Cameron and Tucker. We've known each other for quite a while, and I'd like to say this conversation is something super crazy, thought-provoking, but honestly, it's just three dudes getting together, just chilling. And we talk about our previous trip, climbing to Makuntaweep National Park, also known as Zion National Park. Uh, we talk a little bit about politics, we talk about our careers, we kind of talk about a little bit of everything. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Uh, this would be a great something, something great to listen to while you're cleaning, driving, but really that's it. So as always, leave comments, let me know what you guys think of my show. I would love to hear from you, and I appreciate every time anyone leaves me feedback. Other than that, you guys enjoy. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Okay, so cool. So we might as well just go ahead and start. So I'll let you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is Tucker Douglas. Um, I've been climbing for about 12 years. I'm an educator in the Dallas area. Um, what do you educate? I educate kids who are kicked out of their home campus for disciplinary reasons. They come to me for a set period of time, and I try to keep them from burning the school down or whatever and oh, nice. help get them back onto their regular campus. Has a kid ever actually tried to burn down the school? Uh, yeah, we've had a couple kids for arson. Okay, cool. um, I'm into that. Yeah, I mean. well, a little bit of everything, but in a perfect world, we'd have them long enough to actually make some behavioral changes or something, but they mostly come to us for 30 days, which means we hold their hand for a little bit, try to get some thoughts into their brain, and chip them on back. Okay, bitching. How, uh, how has coronavirus um, changed the way that you interact with those kids? Like, are they all, and are they coming back next year? Like, how is next year going to look like for y'all? Uh, that's a great question, and I'm, I'm a little bit curious to see what happens because, like, our campus has a lot of teachers with a lot of experience. So I, I think like the average age, uh, education age of our school, they've been teaching for like 25 years. And so that means they're all at least in their 50s somewhere. So um, with a couple of them in their 70s. And so what are we doing? We're telling those teachers they have to come to school and be exposed to, you know, however many kids and families. So, you know, I would think that at some point somebody's gonna have to stop and say, hold on, this poses a serious risk and we're gonna have to be intelligent about this. Um, Obviously, the government hasn't done it at this point, but I really hope that somebody in our district uh, steps up. It. Right now, we're letting kids do either half there. Uh, I'm sorry. They can either choose to stay at home or they can choose to come to school and um, then they can switch in any grading cycle. But I, I just feel like that's not going to work out the way that people are thinking about it. It's a great theory, but... I think that at this point, any theory is just going to end up being a theory. You know, like right. the, uh, there's there's so much that people are just going to have to work out and figure out themselves that there's no way. What about teachers? So do they have the ability to work either from home or do they have to be back in campus? Everybody has to be back at a district location. Um, there are teachers that get medical waivers from their doctors. And so they're going to be able to um, work at a location without kids there, uh, which in one hand is good because you're exposed to a smaller number of people. You're not getting whatever 2000 kids on a campus. Um, my campus is a lot smaller than that, but you know, those kids go home to families that share with the other campuses. So that, that risk gets pretty high. Um, at the same point, those teachers are then going to be on a campus full of adults that have a higher number of risk or a, a greater chance of risk, but a lower number of people. So, I mean, it's going to be a big experiment and hopefully it doesn't go down in flames too much because at this point there's no good solution. Right. Because I think like 65 or 70% of our families, both parents work. And so what you're leaving a kindergartner home to learn by themselves all day. No, you're not going to do that. It's ridiculous. So we're, I mean, we're up a Creek. My name is Cameron. Uh, I've been climbing for about five years. Uh, I work in IT. I'm a project manager, and I got involved in rock climbing because it seemed cool. And then because uh, it is cool, eh, I'm still that <laughs> the jury's still out on that one. I mean, it's a lot better. It's way cooler than like water polo, which water polo is hard. Whoa, water polo is just hard. Water polo here. 
I I mean, I'm going to go ahead and be stereotypical black. I swim like shit. But water polo is just freaking hard. I, I mean, treading water for like two hours and trying to beat the shit out of somebody in the water and catch a ball. It's too much. Too it's much. ridiculous. Right. So that's cool. No. No. It's, it's you wear funny hats and splash around. And try to drown other people. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I can just do that in a public park. Just push you in. You can't swim. You're going to be the one that gets drowned. I push you in. So, so to get back on topic, I, I think what you said makes sense, Mario. We realized there were a lot of flaws in our current system through, every, I mean, healthcare, education, everything. And everybody said, yeah, but you know, we don't need to fix it right this second. And it'd be really expensive. So we're going to let somebody else deal with that problem later. And now it just happens to be later. And we have to deal with it now. Are you good? Um, part of my job, actually, within the last couple of years was to brainstorm um, our disaster recovery scenarios. Um, my boss came to me and said, "Give document every possible th- thing that could impact our business continuity. Did you do if Godzilla showed up? I, I honestly, <laughs> no, you're joking. <laughs> no, but I'm I, serious. Yes, 100%. I, I, know. I don't think we documented that one. I think we put <laughs> that like in the realm of na- natural disaster sort of thing. Like <laughs> the scale of a, like Godzilla coming and invading North Texas. Let's, let's okay, say that for example. Let's make it more realistic here. Is on the scale of there is a mass electrical outage in the Metroplex. Oh, yeah. You know, it, right. it's, in the same thing. Right. it's similar enough that we don't necessarily have to cover. Well, uh, what if the uh, dolphins decide that they've developed laser weapons like and strap them to their foreheads and now they're on land? You know, like like, like we're not going to put down everything. <laughs> However, you know, it was a thought experiment and something that we had to do for a lot of our business partners to say, hey, if thing X happens, what is our plan? If thing Y happens, what is our plan? And a lot of the times the answers to those were the same, but you still had to do the thought exercise of what you're doing in each of those scenarios. And so we have done that for our business. And as such, our business has not been impacted at all. We have maintained the same level of efficiency working from home for the last four months that um, we did when everyone was in the office. Maybe not the same level, but it's still com- comparable. definitely did guys, comparable. Did you guys ever run a metric for like if, an, like if it was a true economic collapse, like to the point where like Hoovervilles were created again and you have like people living in like park? It, I'm just curious. I mean, I mean like, like that's the one thing, in my opinion, that is like so different total than society, everything else. Total societal collapse would have to be um, something totally different. And we can't account for everything. And that, the point that I was, I, I was making was that we are accounting for what our business practice does ah, okay. that in that sense. situation. That, okay, I pick up what you're putting down. Um, you know, we can't control the government. We can't control the city. We can't control other businesses or our business partners. But for us and our business practices, what are we doing in, these situa- in this situation? So we had a plan to deal with, hey, there's a pandemic going on. What are we doing about it? But society as a whole, and I think the problem is how everything interacts with one another, how to parents and daycare and work and the government and healthcare and all of these things. Oh, there are millions of restaurant industry employees who don't have jobs and are not going to have jobs for the foreseeable future. Right. I mean, and, and you know, like we didn't plan for that, but that's also, I mean, you can't like, I mean, really the government, the, the United States government has actually has done this thought exercise or had prior to the Trump administration. Right. <laughs> hey, LT45. <laughs> I refuse to speak his name, by the way. Like he's going to go for the rest of the, if his name comes up again, T45 for the rest of the conversation. I, funny story about that. Uh, read about some guy who does not set a microwave to 45 seconds for anything anymore. Only does 44 <laughs> for Obama. Yeah, yeah, I'm I mean, down. Listen, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I'm focus mumbo jumbo will make November go Anything, anything to help November go right? Oh, um, yeah. Okay. So uh, we are here to uh, talk about rock climbing because that's what we've all done together. And I pray to God that we can all do it again real soon. Very because, soon. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and throw this. Out. I'm going to just go ahead and say this out. I don't give a shit if we climb like five two. Right. Like 
I mean, that's all, literally probably all I can do at this point. <laughs> I mean, I've not touched a hold. I've not touched a hangboard. I've not touched anything. Shit. Like, like, I think, honestly, March. I just really want to leave town, sacrificially burn my clothing just to make it me feel better and make it like, it's just like a thing, and then just arrive somewhere and be ready to go. But uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about Zion, which we all went together, which was epic in a lot of different ways. I think it was. Oh, I yeah. mean, I think we, uh, I think there was a lot of blood. There was a lot. I don't know if there was any tears. Just a few prickles, Little. you know, like. <laughs> prickles? You mean like barbs in your arm? Yeah, just prickles. Like, it, uh, you had whatever barbs happens. in your arm. It, it was one cactus, okay? It's one cactus. <laughs> one is enough, my friend. I, don't, I also don't think I was bleeding. Like, did, you, you never, pick, no, you no, 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 you never bled. I, I just I like, bleeding. I literally had a heart attack because I was like, I was trying to think about how to explain to Mallory. All right, we're jumping ahead in the story. Hold on, hold on, we're jumping ahead in the story. We're jumping ahead, but my emotions were like off the roof at that moment. I was more scared of Mallory than I was at like you being hurt at the moment yeah oh yeah but yeah okay okay so we how did we come across wanting to do zion i don't remember uh we were trying to figure out a way to do some big multi-pitch trad oh yeah and we had talked about yosemite um portrero portrero although yosemite was sport. just not gonna happen because logistically it was a pain in the ass right and so you suggested zion instead of yosemite because we'd get like two extra days of climbing for the same amount of travel time. yeah because what it was what because uh, we talked about flying into palm springs or lax no matter what it was still it, like yeah it was, it's four hours five hours of driving right more than that apparently there's a way you can get there quicker because i actually we have a mallard one of mallory's really good college friends is in yosemite right now oh nice um and she was like, yeah, from the airport, it's only like three hours. And I was like, wait a minute. We, yeah, need, uh, we need to recap yeah, we need this when you beta. get back because yeah. <laughs> that's, that was not that's our way understanding. Better. But anyway, regardless, at the time, we thought that the two-hour drive from Vegas was way better than – because that's oh, what it was, two yeah. hours? It was like, two hours, hour and a half. It was an easy was drive, fine. too. That was actually Good. the nice thing about Vegas. Like, it was very, 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 very easy driving. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so we chose Zion. Uh, Did a couple planning sessions. Yep, and then gear sort at the gym, and mm -hmm. then I mean, honestly, realistically, it didn't take very much. We got there. I don't think, I don't think shit got real until we actually started really trying to find routes. Right, and that was that was interesting. Which, to this day, I know I'm like jumping ahead, but I'm still like so like after our whole trip. I'm not gonna lie, I slightly had like I don't know if it was a nightmare or just like a random dream, but I had a random dream about that tunnel, how it never freaking ended. <laughs> Stuck there forever. No, I just remember driving in it, and I was like, okay, this thing should be over by now. And then, like, three minutes later, we're, like, we're still in the tunnel. And then all of a sudden, this, like, little light comes through where it's, like, a chasm out of it. It's a it's really big mountain, Mario. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> such as all mountains. <laughs> such as all mountains. But when you go under it or through it, it really gives you full perspective of how big the mountain is. I feel like being on it, climbing it. Gave me a reasonable perspective of how well, big it was. I felt big there too. Of the mountain. Right, exactly. <laughs> I just climbed 200 feet and we're like looking up for a day and a half. Yeah, but and we're talking, I understand. Listen, listen, we're not talking length. We're talking girth here, homeboy. <laughs> I, I'm talking about how well I used it, okay? That's, that's what we're talking about here. And you did great. I was very impressed. I was very proud. And I was, you know, bleeding by the end of it with all just as much as the rest of you. But I was very impressed. Oh my gosh. So what? Uh, we showed up. Uh, we landed. We got the car. Blah, 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 blah. We got there. Did we climb on the first day? No, we drove we out. We scouted a little bit, but we wanted to get tents up and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's way more important. And we went to that gear shop in town and we talked to that old guy. Yeah. Who had some interesting yeah, that, economic theories. Right. Yeah, that was weird. I'm not going to lie. That gear shop was like the most sparse gear shop I've ever seen. It was also like a Thursday afternoon. So, like, it's no, not. No, but exactly he had like literally nothing to sell in the gear shop. Like, do you remember it? It was, it was like, like Darren. Well, but it was also like a bike shop, too. Was it a bike shop? It was like a outdoors, like, rental place. Yeah. It, I mean, it, the yeah, guy it was, was cool. Yeah. yeah. He was definitely talking some weird stuff, but I liked it. I liked the place yeah, overall. But and they had those little, like, guidebook pages things. Oh, yeah. That part was actually mm -hmm. really cool. That was actually really beneficial, That like, pre-laminated guidebook pages that you could look through and take photos of. That's actually... That was nice. That was cush. Was Even though cush. I don't think we actually took a picture of anything. No, we, we did. I mean, climbing. I did. I know. I remember I did. 
What did you take a picture of? Led by sheep? Because we definitely didn't take any pictures of Kung Fu Fighter. No, because we didn't know we were on Kung Fu <laughs> right. Fighter until we got on Kung Fu Fighter. Right. We were thinking it was something else. Well, uh, but yeah. the only thing I think I took a picture of was like Led by Sheep, uh, Mega Mahemoth, or oh, Mega Mahedral, because we'd scouted yeah, that one. Yeah, That's right. and then about, something of it, some, some other random rock climb, which never happened. Right. Which, thank God. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we, we did that. We scouted. We went back to camp. We hung out, chilled. I mean, the first day was travel but yeah we i mean that was kind of expected yeah it was travel and fun and just getting ourselves set up for the next day and then the next day we woke up and then we tried to find I don't, what was that area of the park called do you remember no not off the top of my head are you talking about like the part that where we, we ended, ended up, up going, where no because we tried to go to that section because we were like oh hey this whole area it's has a bunch moderate, of different trails right what was it called no, I thought you were talking about the area where we ended up after Kung Fu Fighter and the Moderates. I thought that's where we were trying yeah. to get to first, but we were, we didn't realize that it was just actually at the end. We thought right. it was in a different zone altogether. And for anyone who's listening, so like if you go to Zion, Kung Fu Fighter, definitely a great route to get on. Very cool. Uh, what was it rated? Like 5.9? 5.10? 10B, I think. Somewhere between 9 and 10. Wait, 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 the the first two on. pitches were 5.8, 5.9, five, oh, five, five, and then 10B, right? Yeah, 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 because the third okay, pitch, that's what, I that's what it was. Yeah, the third pitch was real real. We didn't do the third pitch. No. No, no, I thought we we had to finish it. We got our gear back. No, we didn't. We left one piece on the wall. Did we? Yes. No, we stopped at the chains of pitch two. Oh. Right? I just Maybe remember falling repeatedly on that thing yeah. and yeah. being very, very angry. It was a burly lead. I, oh, I, for sure. You, 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 cru- uh, you nah, didn't cruise there up was that no thing. cruising. You, you fought your way up that thing. <laughs> you took a big fall. You broke that point three. Uh-huh. Oh. Right? You put a hole in your Beyond sweater that was like. Yeah, you know, first time I ever did that. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 I got a picture of that. Um, yeah, oh, no, man. that was that was for real. Yeah, yeah. That you know, the only thing that infuriated me about that last pitch was it wasn't that it was really physically demanding. It's like and th- and honestly, this is the truth of rock climbing in general and you know, to anyone listening or anyone who knows anything about rock climbing, understand rock climbing is a skill-based sport long before it is a strength or physical fitness or even finger strength. Like and I know people are going to like think scream blasphemy for me for saying that, but like it is skill-based sport. And by the time I end up falling enough, I didn't have the energy but I realized like what I needed to do, but my fingers and my toes could physically not handle the abuse anymore. Well, and it was this it, it, like super weird like finger crack layback. It was like the fin- yeah, like, yeah. It was, it, yeah. But it, like the combination of the two on that um, what's that inner corner? Like what is that the called? Dihedral. The dihedral. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, the inner corner of that dihedral made it like super weird. And the it was finger like a jam scoop. you had to do. But was... do you remember it had like these almost like you know kind of I don't know how to describe it, but like imagine like a loaf of bread how it has the lumps, mm-hmm. and it had these like little ever so slight lumps. The trick was like when I realized right before the end because the last time I fell, I literally had a quick draw in my mouth, and I was like maybe <laughs> two feet away from the anchors, and I had just figured out that like it was more about placing your foot lifting it so imagine like placing your foot flat like you normally do but as you're going in you turn sideways lift your heel up and then almost roll your heel down so the edge of your toe can kind of like kind of almost corkscrew in there Mm -hmm. and i didn't figure that out until like the last like foot and a half before i was two feet away and then I just didn't have the gas to stay on. Right. Like, and like that thing. 11 that, minutes after you got past your last piece of gear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what it makes me think of is Cameron and I had gone to the gym a couple times to work on our crack technique because this was pretty much our introduction to crack. And, you know, we worked to where we were like, OK, it sucks, but we can kind of do it. We understand the theory. and We have a tiny bit of practice. We're, we feel pretty good. By the time we get out there in Zion, we'll, you know, we'll have a little bit of success and we get up there. And it was just like. Everything was hard. Everything just, was brutal. I don't think anybody understands, and I know this is for me. Like when I did what you guys did, uh, you know, what I finally went out climbing. What I was not ready for it was the full sheer amount of pain that yeah. was involved. Oh, like yeah. that, like I knew it was gonna hurt, 
but I just didn't realize it was going to be like this everlasting pain. Right. Like, you know, you think about your first heartbreak in rock and cl- crack climbing and crack climbing is way worse. Yeah. Uh, and like, it was just so painful the first time I ever got on it. But yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, that was the first time I ever really got my ass kicked on a trad climb. And I think that that to like, I mean, yeah, my body was sore and my fingers hurt afterwards, but I think that I don't like not being good at stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that, that yeah. is not a fun feeling for me. I don't enjoy that at all. And then getting on this, you know, first couple of pitches, five, eight, five, nine of a totally different style of climbing that really and truly I, I probably shouldn't have been climbing five, eight, five, nine. I mean, of no, that style. I disagree, I disagree with that. I, it, it you was might not have been as well. Okay, so you might not have been as well as you wanted to be at it, but you were climbing very proficiently. You I, just, you right, had to learn. But I don't like not being, I don't like that phase of feeling like I don't know anything about what I'm doing. Right. I got up there and I, I really like I learned so much on that route about how to finger jam and about how to move my feet and about how to climb in a layback like that. But I sucked and I hated that. <laughs> and it you, makes me want to go back and do it again, but I hated it. I think such says every rock climber who's ever actually first tried their hand at like yeah. real crack. Crack climbing. There it is. I mean, there's crack climbing gives you that feeling, and then you get good at crack climbing, and then you get bold, and then you make the mistake, which, you know, I say mistake, but I actually love it off with climbing. And then you're like, it, you might as well be on drugs because <laughs> off with climbing is one of those weird, weird, weird things. But we're going on to another tangent here. Um, but, yeah, you know, honestly, you well, know, from watching you guys climb, that's actually one of the things that I actually noticed, like, comparison to my first time climbing crack. Like, my first time climbing crack climbing, someone was just like, all right, this is what you do. You kind of put your hand in the air, shove your thumb down. And then, like, when you, you want to make, like, a little cup thing, like, imagine you're trying to grab something, you can't grab something. And then that was it. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what Good do luck. I do with my feet? They're like, oh, you just put them in there. And I was like, oh, okay. And so all in all, I think you guys were far more better prepared than you realize. Because the fact of the matter is, like, my first real crack climbs that I did, especially in the Wichita's or anywhere else, like, I really didn't get off the ground. Like, I, as much as, as, much as uh, in my little Peasley brain that I like to think that I actually really did some real rock climbing, but someone basically three to one my ass up the whole thing. <laughs> And it's basically hauled me up the whole thing. And so, but I think it was that ego boost for me because I had no freaking clue what I was doing. And the fact of the matter that you guys actually had a chance to run some routes, because I was watching you guys on the second coming up and it wasn't that you guys didn't know what you were doing. It's just, I think it's, the only way I can describe it is it's like your first time from swimming in a pool and then swimming in open water. It's the same thing. It's right. just when the current is working against you, it's like, this is a whole nother ball game. Mm-hmm. And you guys were like, you guys would cruise for like 15 to 20 feet. And then you need to take a quick little break. And then 15 to 20 feet, and you guys would cruise really, really, really well. Because the one time I got to watch you guys climb the most was on Kung Fu Fighter and Toilet Crack. And that was the one thing I noticed. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but you went in different orders. Kung Fu Fighter, I can't remember. I think you went up first on Toilet Crack, and then you went up first on Kung Fu Fighter. So I had a chance to watch both of you, too. And that was the one thing that I noticed watching right off the bat. So... Yeah, it was definitely a good experience, and I think just like Cameron, I'm really excited to go back. Of course, now it's been 18 months, and it's probably going to be another at least year before we go again. But yeah. um, you know, yeah. whenever we make it back up to the Wichita's, using those skills, nooning up, like when we went and climbed Crazy Alice, I thought that was way better, oh, and agreed. I think it'll be oh, yeah, a sure. lot better again when we go next time. So, oh, you guys, uh, I mean, with me or without me, but you guys should definitely do Captain Crunch. Okay, because Captain Crunch is actually much like um, Kung Fu Fighter that we climbed, uh, except the dihedral is instead of facing to the left, it's facing to the right. And it's not as slopey and polished, uh, but at the same time, there's this cool little chimney that you climb at the end. But it's still virtually the same thing. I think it goes at like five eight, the whole thing. Nice. And it's yeah. like, and when I say like genuine five eight, it's like genuine, not true Wichita scary five eight right. or Quartz Mountain five eight. Good deal. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, we're in. But yeah, so then after we got done with Kung Fu Fighter, we, we wrapped down, we got back to the base, we hiked our way around the corner to that other... Found the moderates. That other place. Thank God. That view was beautiful, by the way. That was great. And we both got a couple leads in after that, right, Cameron? Describe the view to uh, the viewers at home. So the best way I know to describe, imagine like this just canyon meadows. There's just like snaky river and the river going through. I said river, but river. And I, was it was it, it was almost sunset. So it was yeah, like, the sun was, it, it was setting. Like shining. So the river was shining back. And then you saw the what visitor center. Mm -hmm. And then you saw the Native American center, a.k.a. Unweep Canyon, because that's what it should be called. Unkuntuweep. Yep. Unkuntuweep. Um, no, Unaweep Canyon. Yeah, Mukuntuweep. Unaweep Canyon is actually in Colorado. I messed that up because that's in Grand Junction. Yeah, which, by the right. way, great place to rock climb. Yeah? Really demoralizing. Great place to rock climb. <laughs> I'm um, sensing a theme here. Yeah, yeah. Thank Casey Blum for that one. Um, but yeah, no, that, that view is beautiful. The best way I know to describe it is like imagine sitting on a rolling hill that is like close to 900 feet tall. And when I say rolling, it's like probably like a 45 degree drop all the way down. And yeah. it was just beautiful. And it's probably one of the best views I remember seeing out of the whole park because everywhere else we went is kind of like, like even led by sheep. Like you can only see one direction. Right. But I feel like that spot, you could really kind of turn around. You could look up towards toilet crack where as far as the bus takes you. Mm -hmm. But then you could look out of the canyon into the actual town. Is the town called Zion too? Springfield. Springfield? Okay. I think, I think Springfield. Yeah, let's go Springfield. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm almost certain. Yeah. Springfield today. If, sure. you, if yeah. we're wrong, then correct us online and then we're still <laughs> going to call it Springfield. Yeah. But that's fine. Um, but yeah, I just remember it was epically beautiful yeah right at the golden hour towards the end and we were tired and you were just sitting down there enjoying the sunset because <laughs> kung fu crack just beat <laughs> you up so bad i think i took a nap yeah and cameron and i went and worked placements and got some climbs in and then we went home and felt like we had a good day no but but no we ran into that guy there because that's how we got the yeah, beta patola crack that's right i don't remember what that guy was but he looked true full dirtbagger status yeah he was just a local yeah i mean but not, i mean I think he was just a local. If you're listening to this, like I give you full street cred for not washing your puffy for like the last five months, and then slight stains. <laughs> he was a on college age local. It happens. I mean, it was a full local. Look, they were smoking it up in the mountains. Yeah, having a good time. Tobacco. Living the dream. Smoking it up. Right. That's what I said. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was not tobacco. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely tobacco. It was, it was a left-handed cigarette. Yeah, sure. Look, you're the one that's making assumptions here. I'm just uh, <laughs> describing the scene. You're providing extraneous details. That, I okay, mean, fair uh, enough. No, but he was cool. Gave us some beta, told us toilet crack, and that did well. And then we went back and did on the first night. Is that when we went Springdale. Springdale. Yeah, oh. close enough. I'm gonna give you that one. Full credit. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Close enough. Close enough. If anybody's in that town, we mean well. Yeah. Uh, we went out to dinner that night. Right. I thought we did the, the yeah, nice dinner that first night. Yeah. 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 Had well, good wait, we're, we're skipping. We're skipping ahead though, because after we got that beta, so w when we got to the second area, Mario was so tired from leading Kung Fu Fighter that he just sat there and took pictures. Yeah, I did. I do have those pictures. You guys look great, by the way. I, I, my computer crashed and I lost all of y'all's pictures. I oh. need those back. I only have mine. Okay. So, okay. I, I think they're still on the Google, Google Drive. Drive. I, think I, still, yeah. I haven't deleted the Google Drive, so yeah. You, okay. I thought I checked, but I will go. I'll double check. Yeah, bare minimum, bare minimum, they're in my Dropbox. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's like my but emergency then, backup. Yeah, so you got so tired. So Tucker and I climbed one climb, um, which was okay. It was pretty short. Yeah, it was, it was fine. fine. And then we hucked our way back out, and we were like, hey, we're going to go scout led by sheep, because that's what we're going to climb tomorrow. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. And then we tried to drive out through the tunnel that Mario thinks never ends. <laughs> Which it doesn't. <laughs> the never-ending tunnel. We're still tunnel. here. I understand we're here, but like it is might as well be called the never-ending story. So we, we go through the never-ending tunnel out into the east side of Zion National Park, and we try to find our way to the mile marker, because that's all we had, right? To get to led yeah, by it was sheep was like, like a weird mile marker. Like mile but marker 119 or something. But it, it wasn't, wasn't even like right a, one. Yeah, it wasn't like a clear mile marker. So... It, it was like the a certain number turnoff with the fence. Yes, and so that's we were, what it was. We were like, is that a turnoff? Is that a real turnoff? Okay, that's a, that's a shoulder, but is it a turnoff? That was our problem. 
I feel like someone should just put a sign that says shoulder or turn off. Like, I know it's probably dumb, and I know, but like... Well, how many every, people are going to climb that? I mean, it's a famous route out there. Everyone climbs like, I mean, we ran into a party on the way up when we were on it. So, like, I don't know. But just in general, like, when you're going to crags, people are like, go by the obvious turn. And you're like, obvious? Yeah. The old like, your tree. definition of obvious in mind is <laughs> that. On, and thanks. I think also, too, people don't realize, like, geographically, like, an obvious turn in Texas is going to be, like, some, like, snake-y, no, like, It's going to be the only one. Yes. Literally the only one. <laughs> one. The obvious turn in Colorado is, like, you do seven or eight turns, and then there's this, like, hairpin turn that they're actually talking about. But, like, you're, like, confused all the way up to that point. Right. So that's just my, I think there should be like little signs or something so, yeah. like that. We thought we found it, but we couldn't find it. No. no so we, we hiked, how, how long did we hike in the, in so the, the next morning? No, 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 no. That night we like, we walked around, we tried to find our way to oh, the base yeah. of the cliff, but it was too dark to like see anything. We, we hiked a little bit and we were like, okay, we think it's just over that ridge. No, we, we were think. like so far off. We were hiking around for at least an hour and a half. The next the morning. Dark. Right. The yeah, next morning we did the worst hike. Yeah. That night we were like, pretty sure it was this one. The night hike was like 10 minutes. Yeah. We, but it could, because it was dark, right? Yeah, yeah. So we were hiking around in the dark with our headlamps. We went back. We did the dinner. Had a little campfire. Went to sleep. The next morning we get up and we were like super early, like five, four thirty, because we were oh, like yeah. we're, we're going to do this. We, and then we, we tried might. to get to the start of the wall when the sun came up. Right. And I think we were there maybe what an hour after sunrise because we started hiking before the sun was fully well, no, up. Because we we literally hiked for an hour in the wrong direction. <laughs> And then we hiked back and we were like, this sucks. We went back, redid everything, and we're like, okay, that was the wrong turn How off. How did we it's find really out which way off. was the I, right I way? I don't know. Because we, drove, we went all the way back to the tunnel, stopped at the tunnel, and turned back around, and then we sat there and watched the mile meter, oh, and we were like, okay, yeah. it's really whatever it is. It's 9.2, and so oh at 9.2, we just like stopped in the middle of the road, and there was no turn off, and we were like, okay, what's the actual closest one to this? And we drove to the next one, and we drove back to the back one, the one behind it, and they were like, okay, we think it's the next one. We went and we parked there, and then we almost screwed it up anyway, because we almost went to the wrong to side the of the left bluff. Side of the Mountain, yeah. yeah, and then like I started that way. I was like, it's this way for sure this time, guys. But I had, I was the one who screwed it up the first time, and so y'all were like, don't follow that idiot, go the other <laughs> you way. You know, I don't remember us right. actually. I don't remember us in agreement until we actually realized where the saddle was because that was right. in the description, like in the obvious saddle. Yeah, and like once we all decided what the saddle we were just was, idiots. Maybe yeah. we don't recognize <laughs> obvious things. But yeah, I think that's idiots. basically it. Yeah, whoever decides to write in the guidebook is obvious. Your definition of obvious is wrong. <laughs> By the way, we did, yeah, we needed we needed a map. We needed better map skills. But once we got there, led by sheep was a. We almost we walked past the start of led by sheep. I remember because I was in front again, well, which yeah, y'all should never like, let me do. Well, because the first bolt is like what 30, 45 yeah. feet up, and, and it was like yeah, it's just to the left past the saddle. And I walked until I was like, guys, if if I make like a wrong step, I've fallen all the way down this mountain. And I backed up because I couldn't even turn around. And you're like, yeah, okay, whatever, man, <laughs> you're in front. And then somebody's like, oh hey, there's the bolt. Oh my god, <laughs> I do remember back. that. Oh man! Oh. Wow, that you know. Ultimately, that route. Do I think it's like an American classic? If you're not used to rock climbing multi pitch and you want to do some slab, great American classic. The only thing, in my opinion, about that route was worth it was the view at the top. Yeah, yeah. That was I, honestly, it's a really good. Um, I was more sketched out by topping out. By the way, it, it's a really oh, yeah. good headspace expander. It's a really yeah. good. Oh yeah, route. you're exposed the whole right. time. You're super exposed. There are long the long runouts between the bolts make for a really good experience especially to lead where you're not as comfortable being in a situation where something could go wrong. Yeah. It's 5-5 five, five the whole way. You don't have any hands, but you don't need any hands. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're correct. I mean, your shoes basically, I mean, if you're super confident, you can basically walk up the whole thing. Right. There were like some moves where like, the only moves that I remember being sketchy, I think I want to say was at, at the start of pitch three or two, maybe even four. I don't remember how many pitches there was. But, five total, yeah. Was it? I five, 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 yeah. Five total? Yeah, so it was the top of pitch three because the top of pitch three was like 
overtly steep for some unknown reason, like like almost not vertical slab, but you might as well have been because like compared comparatively speaking yeah, to the right, rest sure. of it, and that was the only time where I remember like using like a little chicken head or a knob mm-hmm. as a hand because I was like, oh, this is a little awkward, you know. And that was like the only moment of like real rock climbing. Right. Yeah, I felt like the rest was kind of like bear crawling up. Like it was. Like uh, I would say the creepiest part lab. for me was topping out and the rappel because you remember like. You couldn't you couldn't let yourself go too far to the left of the right. rappel, or you would like miss the anchors. <laughs> yeah. And like apparently, I guess people had just been like stuck out in space, which sucks. <laughs> that does. Suck. Yeah, because dude, the side of that thing like dropped off pretty sheer. Right? Mm-hmm. I just remember like leaning over there, and I remember when I was rappelling, like scooting across, like you're trying to do like the king swing on El Cap. Mm-hmm. And I just remember finally like scooting across, and like, oh, this is here, and then standing there and clipping in. But if you're not like paying attention at all, and you're just kind of like going where the rope goes. You like next thing you know, there was a zone where like you would go over and you're like stuck in open air. It's yeah, like um, get yourself in trouble. Like when we were in Vegas and we were looking at Fiddler on the Roof, there's a point in Vegas where like if you do Fiddler on the Roof, like you if there's a point where you fall or the follow fall, follower falls or if you wrap down into open air, like you have to go down to the bottom. Like there's no there's no if and or buts about it. Like you're just you're stuck. So Yeah. So we got done with lead by sheep. We thought we were gonna be done at like eleven and maybe go do some more climbs, but no. instead we got finished at like three, maybe two. Oh, we're cooked. And yeah, and we walked back and we were like, what do we want to do? And we're like, well, we can't even go scout toilet crack because we'd have to go all the way and then take the bus or whatever. Oh, yeah, because right? you can't drive. Because you can't. I mean, you have to get a special permit to drive out to that section. We I did go scout it, though. So. Wh- You're right. No, he's right. We did. We did. We got on the bus at the end of the day. Because that's okay. where Mario uh, learned the Makunta Weep story. Yes. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That- and so, yeah. Then after that, we went back. Do you do you remember Mario laying on the ground outside the car, pouring goldfish into his mouth? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was after the hike on uh-huh. the. <laughs> that was after led by sheep. We got done. We got back to the car. I was and over we bought it. one of those. We bought one of those giant cartons. Yeah. Of flavor blasted goldfish, mm-hmm. which are always buy the flavor blast. Love. Don't don't yeah. buy anything else but flavor Seriously. blast on a climbing trip. And Mario and I, you had some of them, but it was really Mario. Yeah, we were annihilating that box. We town on this box. And after we got done with that hike, I mean, like, it was literally. Oh, my God. Gluttony. Like, nothing. They were overflowing out of his mouth. I remember you took the box away from me at one point in time. A, I wanted some, and B, you needed me to. Yeah, no, it was definitely a problem. It was definitely a problem. Oh, that was man. Yeah, you're right. And then we got on the bus. Yeah, you know, it was. We got back to camp, we threw our stuff in, and we caught the last bus in. And then, no, the second to last or third to last bus in, whatever. And then we basically hiked up to the base of it so we knew where it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we didn't make the mistake we made the night before. Oh, my God, never. FYI, for anyone who's a new rock climber, always, 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 always do recon. Doesn't matter how tired you are, you will thank yourself for it later. Because being lost freaking sucks. Gosh. Waste of energy. Is, it, is yeah. this a giant pecan, pecan tree above us? It is a giant pecan tree. I'm like slightly nervous because I know pecan tree branches are like real fickle. They are indeed. Yeah. But, but. we had the big wind uh, last night or two nights ago, so I already cleared out a bunch of branches. We're good. Oh, nice. Yep. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Are you guys going to make some pecan pie? Your, uh, nice woodshed there. Right? Yeah. When it gets uh, cold, y'all are going to have to come back here. We're going to fire up my new uh, fireplace and okay, okay. Oh, hang nice. out. Nice. Are you guys make any pecan pie? Uh, No, because... I do most of the cooking, and I'm not good enough for pecan pies yet. I, I doubt that. I think your skills are just not, not tapped into. That's true. Like, Carly, though. Carly can make these, a great one. That's true. We could, we, I, I think Carly could definitely be recruited to make a pie with some fresh pecans. But my question was going to be, like, do you have to sit on fresh pecans? Do you have to roast them? Like, are you I okay? Don't know. Just I, like, I, I have no idea how no. this process works. Picking them up off the ground? Yep. Really? Yeah, you can pick them up medium. Uh, pecans, or at least these trees, they only drop good pecans every other year. So these pecans are like small and weird and there's not very many of them. But next year, there will just be, they will litter the ground and you can just pick them up and crack them and eat them. I did not know that. Don't let your dog eat them. Right, not your dog. Gotcha. No, pecans are poisonous to your pets. Yeah. Dogs are, dogs and cats. Uh, Just dogs, I think. Eh, But I I don't know. I'm not a catologist. Fair enough. 
Are you racist against cats, Tucker? Yeah. I'm also allergic, so. I'm more of a cat person than a dog person. I, I was until I found out I was allergic, and the reason I had bad allergies my whole life was because of our cats that I would rub on my face. Ah. Yeah. And then one. I flipped somewhere without cats, and I was like, what is this glorious feeling? And they're like breathing through your nose. I was like, yeah, what is that? <laughs> and then when I went home, I was like, what? why are my allergies so bad? And they're like, oh, yeah, maybe you're allergic to cats. Ugh. Right? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so we, uh, we scouted. We came back. The next day, uh, why do I feel, I don't know if I was just drunk at camp, but I feel like there yes, was like some big m- memorable moment at camp. Ooh, wow. That, that, you opened that growler with some force. I'm impressed. Man, pressurize. Tell your story. What do you want to know about being drunk at camp? Uh, I, well, I don't remember being drunk at camp, so I need you really to remind me. Because we bought Jim Bean. Oh, fuck. And we were drinking straight from the bottle of Jim Bean that you can buy at any gas station in Nevada because Nevada is a great state. Unless Vegas is a great city, unlike Utah, where you can't buy any liquor of any kind. No, no. You buy wheat beer. So, yeah. So, we, we got drunk at camp like we do every night when we go mm-hmm. camping because that's what happens. And Mario didn't want to stay in the tent. He took his sleeping bag. No. he Yeah. Sleeping bag oh, yeah, to the hammock. Oh, yeah. Because you slept in your hammock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that. I, I, was, I just remember all of us. Some unknown reason, the only word that pops in my mind is cocoon. I was talking about the movie Cocoon. <laughs> and I just wanted to like roll up in that hammock. Mm-hmm. When I was young, that was amazing. That was a great movie. You haven't seen Cocoon? I've never seen Cocoon. because he's, he's a kid. We're not, not wrong. 28. <laughs> How old are you? What? I'm like a year older than you. I'm 38. Oh, no. I'm 36. Bruh. I just turned 36. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, you're a kid. I always think of you as like older than me because you teach me things. I, what, but what, what, We're yeah, two years. Actually, it, it, four yeah. years makes you a kid. Like, if, you, if there's a full term of office between you Wait and someone minute. else, they're a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You're great. <laughs> Don't be wrong. Personally, me, I think you're the smartest one out of all of us. But, like, oh, yeah, moving on. Yeah, no, I'm going to agree that's with that. No, no. Listen. Like, if shit goes down and we have a, like, apocalyptic situation... I'm having you with the trigger, you're making the plan, and then all I'm doing is being the lookout. I'm down. I'd be in that group. I mean, I I know your escape plan uh, to get out of Dallas. Well, of course, that was to get out of Dallas. I don't know your escape plan to get out of Fort Worth. If the pandemic turns turns Actually, FYI, it's the same. Like, I I did, I actually, so I went to... Oh, I guess with the river there, that makes sense. Yeah, so actually, it's funny enough, so I went to the public library. You mean the socialist system to give people access to knowledge for free? (laughs) Socialism is good? (laughs) Don't tell anyone. But... Um, I went to the Fort Worth Public Library and I asked them, I was like, hey, do you guys have uh, topogra- topographical maps of the entire city of Fort Worth? All right. So back to Final talking day. about Zion. So day one, we climbed Kung Fu Fighter and over near Confluence. Day two, we climbed Led by Sheep. And that was all because we miscalculated. <laughs> day three, we made our way back to the back of the canyon, probably on the first bus of the day, if yeah. not the second, I all bl- the way to the back of the canyon to climb Toilet Crack. Which was a beautiful climb. Yeah. Like, I mean, there wasn't, I honestly would say there's not one bad pitch on that whole route, except for the very finish that we did not do, because it looked sketchy beyond belief. That was me. Yeah, it just looked bad. That and, well, anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. So I started off taking the first pitch, and I got halfway up, and then there was that weird section, well, I tried to link pitches one and two, did pitch one, which is really like a half pitch of like five two, and then the next pitch was like five seven or five eight, but I uh, took I got about halfway up and there's a section where it goes from like a off width to um, a hand crack and that transition really bothered me mostly because I didn't open my eyes and figure out hey you could use different feet than just the stuff in front of you and so I stopped uh, right yes. okay yeah because you were talking about spreading out in the dihedral and you were just trying to stay in the crack. yeah I was trying to stay inside the crack the whole time and once you climbed I was like oh yeah look at all those ledges for my feet that were just six inches behind me that I just wasn't using um, so anyway, I, I stopped, made like a really bad uh, anchor, pulled you two guys up. You reset my anchor. I don't think your Mario. anchor was bad. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you that. 
Like, I don't think your anchor is bad. When I saw your anchor, it wasn't bad in any way, shape, or form. I don't think you liked it. Yeah, no, I but, didn't like it. You know, and I think this is one of those things where I wanted to chime in on what you were saying earlier. It's like, like the reason, you know, and whoever's listening to this, you can disagree with me all you want, but you're wrong. Um, <laughs> Adam Andra is not the greatest rock climber in the world because he's perfect at everything. He's good enough. He's good enough at everything. And your anchor was good enough. Like, could you have made it perfect? But, like, that, w- that would have took him fucking forever. Like, no one wants that. Like, I, I don't want to be on that route forever. I just want to get it done. Yeah. And your anchor was good enough. And I think that's the big thing that, like, especially in trad, and I find with people placing gear and placing anchors, like, a lot of people might disagree with me on this, but there's a point where you can try to be perfect and you can try to be good enough. And good enough is far more proficient because if you place three pieces, you build a three-point anchor and three pieces are good enough, those three combined make perfect. And I don't think people think about it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I would rather that than, you 30 know. 30 minutes later, have the perfect anchor. Oh, yeah. That's, that, that shit drives me nuts. So then Mario took the next lead, um, got up, and it was just that next little that next little section. It was only like 20 feet left in the route, uh, in that pitch, sorry. And then. That was that dihedral, and there was the main wall, but it was just like a seam going right. up, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it got wide in the middle, didn't it? There were a couple off width sections. There was an off width section kind of toward the bottom, and there was an off width section in the middle, and then where we stopped at the end of what pitch four, maybe? No, it, what? It's a seven pitch route, and we stopped at six. If you count the first tiny pitch, right? Yeah. Well, then there might have been three like off width sections yeah. over the course of the route. It did a really good job of being. There buried. was one off width section below, and I remember what you're talking about because there was one section where like it wasn't that it was hard. It was just like really like you kind of had to step back for a second and be like, "What am I going to do?" Yeah, right. And then there was that section where you had to go up next to the boulder and you were like shimming around inside that thing and that's where i remembered that was the only legitimate time where i was like i am legitimately nervous because i do not like because it was like you went up next to this boulder you shimmied up and then it was like this chasm and then you had to like go through this what to me felt like a birth canal Mm -hmm. might as well be and then i just remember that experience being terrible well i really liked those off with sections personally no i i liked the off with sections too i was thinking when you said canal it reminded me of the um, where you had to climb kind of inside the cave and there were just no good placements. And that was the yeah, thing that the guy yeah. said. He was like, listen, it's got just a really bummer end hold and you just pull yourself out of that, but there's no good placements in the entire thing. And I was sitting there looking at it going, there's got to be some placement. We're talking, what, 15 feet of climbing of crack. And the whole time Mario was going, no, you can't place this. No, you can't place here. Let me try this. No, you can't do that. And you place something just to make yourself feel better. And as soon as you pulled the lip over the outside, <laughs> it just fell out. And Cameron and I are looking at each other like, oh, no. <laughs> It was like, don't fall, Mario. And you're like, what? We're like, your piece fell out. Don't fall. I don't think, you know, I don't, I honestly have no recollection of you saying that. I remember you saying like, hey, Mario, keep going or something. But I don't have any recollection of that. I think I just blocked it out of my mind because at that point I'm like, I just need to get like over the hurdle. Oh, yeah. And then we had that nice little, with top of pitch three, they had that nice little, the the ledge was on top of that giant boulder. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. Not that this person would ever listen, but if there was, what was the date of that day? Uh, would it, it would be sometime around the first like beginning of November, two thousand. Um, yeah. So it was like November f- one or two. Yeah. Okay, so if you were in Zion around that time, and you took pictures of people yelling at each other on toilet crack, I was dancing. Yeah, yeah. So underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if you pictures. if you were there taking photos, I know someone was there taking photos. We would love to see those. Mm-hmm. If not, just for perspective, you know, oh, I'm, uh, what I'm what am I saying? Perspective. I'm being vain as shit here. I just want to see myself on a wall. Um, right. But. Uh, yeah, no, feel free to share those. Yeah. That was good. Uh, the main thing that I remember from that route was the hanging pitch or the, um, right after that. Yeah. So it was four or five and the anchor was a hanging anchor and I was in the middle. So Mario climbed, realized that we couldn't all sit out at that anchor. So he's like, all right, I'm going to bring Tucker up. I'm going to keep climbing. And the wind was bad. And I 
Oh, got, I couldn't hear you for shit. Right? I got knocked around. Do we around. have walkie-talkies? No. No. No, yeah, I remember <laughs> After that, we were like, we have to buy walkie-talkies. Yeah, but uh, even then, though, like, normally, okay, so, you know, even I'm hearing impaired as fuck, so, like, anyone who knows me knows us, but even then, I can genuinely, like, kind of make out what you're saying, and I think we had a tug system set, but the mm-hmm. rope was going over a rock, so it didn't right. matter anyway, and that actually brings up a very valuable point. I don't think we ever established this, but I think we kind of knew it inadvertently that there was, like, 20 minutes, 20 min- 15 to 20 minutes of no movement, you can assume that the person is at the anchor, and then you just need to, at that point, wait for them to get in a position to be able to tell you to go. Because I remember finally topped out because this is that was the last pitch before we got to the other pitch where you could top out. But I had clobed off my anchor and I literally had probably maybe 14, 15 feet of rope for me to walk all the way back, mm-hmm. lean down and turn so I could shout to you and you could <laughs> hear it. And I don't think yeah. that's the thing that people sometimes realize, like you kind of have to be comfortable, like, you know, tie a figure eight, don't mm-hmm. tie a bowling if you need to. But uh, you have to kind of be comfortable with like going back because I had to go back, shout to you, and then go back, and then I set up the anchor, set up the system to be able to bring you up, and then but I you couldn't even do that yet because shout. I had to bring Cameron up. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like it's this whole process, and I don't, I you know, it's one of the things I don't think people. Yeah, actually... Tucker was not doing very good when I got to it. <laughs> oh, was he was not? I, no, I was freaking out because the wind was blowing me around. It it took a long time for you to get that pitch, and you know the system that we had set up was you know like one tug meant this, two tugs meant this, three tugs meant this, right? And so it was like. And so you kept doing like one tug because you're just pulling slack up. And so I was thinking, okay, wait, you know, was that actually two tugs? So then I'm doing my two tugs to see if you respond. Right. And that whole process. And the whole time the wind is pushing me around. I'm looking down for the first part. I'm starting to get cold. I'm getting slammed against the wall. I'm starting to freak out. Like I'm having a, I don't want to do this anymore moment. Right. (laughs) And then Cameron comes up and uh, we get through you. And that process took a little while. Then Cameron comes up and I'm just like, I'm just like freaking out. I'm like, is this, I've got the backpack on. I'm like, if I take a fall, is this rope going to hold me and the backpack? And Cameron's like, yes, it's going to hold you in the backpack. We're four pitches in. You think the climbing, the person climbing with the backpack is just dying if they fall? And I'm like, yeah, good point. Good point. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and then I'm, I got over, I think about halfway up the next pitch, but just climbing is not the scary part to me. Sitting on the side of the wall not knowing what to do, getting a little freaked out, starting to think of all the variables. That was the scary part. And yeah, it was just like, I just remember thinking, man, I thought I was going to go do Yosemite at some point, And here I am on a seven pitch climb in Zion. And I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, no, man, it puts things, I mean, it definitely puts things into perspective. I, I think that it really does make a difference though, that we were so inefficient. Yeah. yeah we wasted I agree. I agree. so much time. It, just, I think if we go back and do it, we'll be in and out oh, for so sure. much better. For sure. But I, I, I think that, the you know we we made some mistakes with the way we handled our ropes and like we mm-hmm. none of us were climbing quite as quickly as we maybe could have and we were stopping for like all stopping and eating at the same time when one person could have been eating while somebody else was climbing there was we could have done a lot of things better i don't think any of us made bad decisions no i would agree with right. that yeah. at, in any way shape or form because right. we were very much conscientious about like you know I was extremely conscientious about where every one of you were were in your state, Mm -hmm. and I think you guys were very much so. And I think that's actually one of the big things that I noticed at the end of the trip is, like, you guys could definitely, like, you know, and I can't, pardon me, I've climbed with you, Cameron, more than I've climbed with Tucker, but um, I would equally say, like, each one of you two could easily read me while I was climbing by the end of the trip. And I think that's one of the things that, like, me personally watching teams organize, watching teams climb, um, I don't think that people take, I think people take that for granted. You know, the ability to read your partner. And I know this probably seems a little stupid, a little silly, but like to notice the nuances in your partner's climbing and like, uh, I, I don't remember what it was. I think it was you, but like you finally came up to me 
and like it wasn't even like you said for me to eat but you like pulled out food and you like asked it just like handed it to me like i wanted it and i immediately started eating and i think that's the thing that like people take for granted when you have climbing partners and you have like groups that you work with like you're so tightly knit that you learn how to operate with each other mm -hmm. but at the same time like when you bring new people into the crew and i'm not saying that we're doing that now but i was talking to someone else actually earlier today about this like uh sorry i was talking to someone else earlier today about this and they were talking about like their friends going to yosemite and climbing and um like how his friends don't entirely want to bring him into the system because it's like it's a complicated system but they have it wired mm -hmm. uh, but i felt like we kind of figured that out on our own as we were going yeah we were definitely a lot better by the end of it and i think we'll be a lot better when we go next time so where um, do we want to go next wait are you just going to leave out the part where we got the rope stuck while trying to repel yeah oh my god we've totally got at least 10 more minutes in that. this route <laughs> so oh we, we get god. to the top everybody celebrates so yeah seriously so after tucker's uh belay station uh, from hell he gets to the top mario gets to the top that's when we get to the spot where mario's like wait this thing sucks i don't want to lead it anymore He's right. super tired. He's Tucker been leading the whole tired. Way. Okay, hold on. Correction. It wasn't that I was tired. No, I was you were tired. I was you tired, but I was legitimately scared. And I remember looking at both of you two. I'm like, 80% of this route is going to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Terrified of doing this. And the rock quality was poor. Yeah, that last pitch was not. Up until that point, everything was good. That last pitch was not inspiring to any of us. And we were just like, yeah, that's fine. We're moving on. I felt really, that's when I felt really bad that like I don't have any, con I'd never placed a piece of trad gear ever at this point and so i didn't feel confident being like yeah i'll take this right. pitch six pitches up let me go for it like if i if i if i placed a single piece of gear ever at any point i might have considered it but considering i'd never ever 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 put a piece of gear in the wall i wasn't about to to make that my yeah, i'm not gonna time. lie if you would have gotten like gung-ho on that thing as one of my white boys that i love i would have slapped the living shit out of you <laughs> and i would have been like this is not something that you want to do so you don't want this and I was like, hell to the living, no. I, 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 I think that you underestimate the level of tiredness that you were experiencing at That's that point. That's fair. I, I, I'm going to 100% agree with you. Um, yeah. I, I think that Tucker would agree with me that, that really, like, you were worn out on that trip. Actually, probably more than I've ever seen you worn out on any climb ever. Yeah, I was full haggard. Yeah. Yeah, a lot more than, I'd, I mean, yeah, we've done four or five weekends together, you yeah. and I, Mario. And oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the most I'd seen. You, you carried us that trip. And, so we, we, we decided, or you took a stab at that pitch, and you were like, yeah, there's nothing. We're not doing it. And we're like, great. Okay, cool. It's we're getting late. It. We're going down. And then we throw the ropes down. We start to wrap, and then the rope gets caught. We when decided to uh, use both ropes. We had used yep. two ropes, and oh, we yeah, decided we to, use... to get down fast. We are going to do a full-length rappel. Right. And so we were like, we're not doing one rope. We're doing two ropes. Just tie the knot. We'll pull it. We throw the ropes. Everything is fine. I think we did the first rappel just fine. We did the second rappel just fine. And then the third rappel, I think... Or no, after we did the second rappel, because we could do more than one pitch in, in a rappel. Yeah, because we, because we were doing, because what, do we have a 70 meter? Yeah, because we had. Oh yeah, dude, we were doing like 320. Right, and so, and you started pulling the rope after the second rappel and it gets stuck. And Cameron and I look at each other like, uh-oh, <laughs> what do we do now? I mean, we had brought, brought a cinders and stuff, but Cameron and I were like, uh, we don't even know what to do. <laughs> oh, you were about to Jumar your right. way up. You were about yeah. to, like, jury rig something to get I, back up I'm there. Oh, I you was yeah, going to do a Bachman's hitch, yeah, yeah, a a hitch on, a, on an HMS carabiner, on an on a, on a auto-locking HMS, HMS carabiner. I, I blocked that part of my whole... Oh, no, like, I don't remember that at all. I, 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 oh, yeah. I'm telling you, you were... I, 
I, again, I think you were more tired than you remember yourself being, <laughs> yeah. but also, like, that shit was miserable. And yeah. then you were about to set that up, and I was like, wait, I have an Asunder, and Tucker, I don't remember if you had yours at that point, or I know we had at least one, yeah. but you were just like, oh my god, thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, it went by a lot faster. <laughs> I do remember that now, because I slapped that thing, put a double length sling, sling in for a foot loop, and then mm-hmm. I was off. And you were gone. And then Cameron and I hung out for what it seemed like 45 minutes. We were just like, yeah, cause it wasn't that long. <laughs> it was like, you were up there for a little while, but like, we got down after, I, I think we just basically detached the one rope because did we have one rope no like you know because so, he rope. dropped one rope because oh, he dropped it when he fixed it no because the rope got stuck in the boulder that's what it was mm-hmm. like gotcha. so you remember that birth canal thing that we were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. and it like it got like real tight at one end mm-hmm. and what happened was is the rope got stuck and then i thought i got it loose and when i got it loose and then the knot got stuck because it got stuck because we were pulling the rope through right. that's why right and I remember just sitting there. I was like, why does this thing keep on getting stuck? And I couldn't figure it out because I actually had to physically come off belay. And then oh, I man. like put a um, I put an auto blocker in on the line that was stuck. Mm-hmm. And I had to climb up the line, sliding the auto blocker up because I couldn't figure out what was going on. Yeah. And it was the knot. And that was like I was I just remember getting so frustrated because I did. I did not know what was wrong. And then finally, when we got it out and I forgot that yeah, we just pulled it through and finally got it done. I was very happy to be off of that route. Yeah. Well, you dropped a rope. And so Cameron and I were like, this means we got to go. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. it was getting dark. Yeah. And yeah, so we set it up. We It was just that last rappel to the ground, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So Cameron and I rappelled to the ground and started trying to get everything uh, pulled. And then we stopped and we're thinking, so I think we yelled for you a couple times, but it was too windy. You just couldn't hear oh, anything. Oh, no, dude. It was like blazing. The later it gets, the windier it gets. Yeah. Because that happened to us when we were when we left Led by Sheep at the end of the night. When we finally got back to camp, mm-hmm. it was super windy. Yeah. And then... We didn't realize that on Kung Fu Fighter because we weren't out that late. Right. And yeah, so we were sitting there and we were worried, like, what do we do? You know, trying to figure out because we needed to catch that last bus. And so we were chatting and we were like, okay, if we're about to miss the last bus, do we need to run? And finally, we were like, okay, 15 more minutes goes by. And then the rope landed down next to us. And we were like, yay, Mario. You rappelled down. We packed up. And then started hiking out, and Cameron just took a nosedive into a cactus. That's when I thought I was going to have to explain to Mallory why you were blind in both eyes. And it was funny, because you were fine, but Mario and I were like, oh my gosh, all this stuff. And you're just standing there, like, your hand full of cactus needles. Just like, it, guys, we're going to the bus. Everything is fine. <laughs> and people on the bus were looking at us. Oh, yeah, we're done. Like, like, we're ridiculous, because you're holding your hand up like you have a broken I remember this arm. lady on the bus just looking at us, kind of like, just shaking her head in disbelief, like, you guys are dumb. <laughs> Made it back. That was a good night. Good sleep. And then we took off the oh, next we morning. We passed the fuck out real fast. Oh, yeah. So, where to next, boys? Uh, I, You know, my personal opinion is I think we should go to Mexico. That's just me. Yeah? It's cheap. It's easy. You know, let's just be honest. Why are we All the bad guys got though? corona. Why are we climbing sport, though? Yeah. There's try to want... Mexico. Look, I, Tucker wants to climb the nose I mean, at some point. At some point. Okay, so you want to smell piss the whole way out. Tucker wants I to climb the to nose. Smell piss. No, you have to smell piss because everyone pees on the nose. Oh, I will. I don't mind smelling piss. If we're my whole thing, my whole thought, I guess not a thing, it's a thought. If we're going to be doing one big trip every year or every other year or whatever we end up with, we can do plenty of sport trips. Sport trips are a lot easier. Right. Not as difficult. At least around here, they're much more achievable on a semi-regular basis. If we're yeah. going to do one trip that's going to be Eight plus hours. To you get can to. live like a king in Mexico. If we're gonna do one trip, <laughs> where we've got to drive or fly or whatever, eight plus hours to get to, we're talking hundreds, if not thousands, of miles away. Why the fuck are we climbing sport? I would go back to Zion, and I would do Zion again. Start with toilet crack on the first day. 
do something else easy the next day I, and then I try to do something really bigger. I think really, at this point, I, I don't think that it would be too bad for us to attempt, like, if we were going back to do three three more days of climbing, I don't, I don't think that it would be too difficult for us to get back on three solid multi-pitch climbs. Like, it would be a fucking hard trip, and I'm not discounting yeah, that. Yeah, no, I agree. But I think that at this point, well, okay, uh, once I get back in shape from fucking <laughs> Corona, um, I think that we can definitely attack three solid I don't think the issue is going to be attacking the route. I think, honestly, it's just going to be logistics. Like, I, you know, in hindsight, looking back at all of this, I think if we could have improved on one thing, you know, and this podcast is called Sense and Suffers. So I think the suffer, and I know this, I might be alone in saying this, but now with the knowledge that we have, I think if we improved our overall nutrition, we could attack a lot more stuff in within a shorter amount of time. And like, just, and I'm not saying we ate bad. I'm not saying we did that, but like, we were more concerned in the climbs and what was going on. But if we're gonna like attack something really big, do you remember Mario? Do you remember your send and your suffer from this trip? No. <laughs> well, he's forgotten everything about this trip. Yeah, Mario had forgotten a lot of. A do lot you of remember this. Mario's I, send and suffer? I don't remember Mario's. I remember mine. Yeah. Tucker, do you remember yours? I remember mine. Oh, do you want well, to go ahead and say yours? Yeah, please. <laughs> so let's go. Okay. So what was your send? And actually, what was your suffer? And then what was your send? My suffer was when I was at the hanging belay. And I was thinking, you know, I've been telling myself and prepping, making 10-year goals about multi-pitch climbing. And here I am, five, six pitches up or whatever, and thinking I never want to do it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> that means you were like, doing great. I, yeah, I was just, I was miserable. I was afraid. I was just like, I don't, I'm, I'm whatever, 300 feet up, thinking I'm going to go climb a 2,000-foot mountain at some point in the future. Like, no, this is ridiculous. And then to me, the send afterwards was getting to the top and being like, good, yeah. I, you know, essentially peed myself on the side of the mountain, and that's okay, and I got over it, and I'm sure I will have other moments of fear and self-doubt in the future, and I'll get over those too, and it's part of the process, and I'm, I'm glad we did it, and I'm glad to be moving on. And my suffer was that I felt like I was maybe not necessarily a detriment to the group, but I didn't feel like I pulled my own weight. And I don't like that feeling of like, there was that moment where I felt like you, Mario, you were very tired. Tucker, I knew that you were more mentally drained maybe than physically, but like we could have potentially continued a route, but I didn't have the skills that I Mm -hmm. needed to do that, to carry the group in that situation. And I didn't like that. And that was my suffer was, was not feeling like I had the experience or the knowledge to help us handle um, some of the situations that we ran into were like when the rope got stuck, yeah. we had yep. to rely yep. on Mario right. to take care of that. And I don't like that that's the case. And I need to, I my suffer was that I don't have the skills and I don't have the knowledge to respond to situations like that when they happen. Yeah. It wasn't that you were a detriment, but you couldn't put both of us on your back right. and carry us. Right. Yeah. And I think that that, to me, is a really important part of being a team, is that each individual person has those moments where each person says, I'm going to carry, I have the ability to carry the group. Not that you maybe right. necessarily need to, no, but you could. My sense for the trip, though, was how much I learned and how much I figured out and how much I really enjoyed the experience of being on those walls and doing something that I hadn't done before and, and figuring out, like, this isn't as scary or as um, serious or as, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, there's a better word for it, but that, that it is achievable, that I can do it and that I really do enjoy uh, being out there and pushing myself. And I, I really like... I kind of, I think I kind of like off with the best because I feel like I'm wrestling with the wall yeah. and it's this like Agreed. totally achievable. Agreed. Can I personally wrestle with this situation to fight my way through this position to get to the next hold? And, and, and trad climbing embodies to me embodies, I mean, outdoor climbing in general, there is no beta. There is no right way. There is no, every person has to climb this route exactly the same the way that it sort of is in a gym. Yeah. Um, 
everything is flexible. Everything is, uh, you can climb the best way that you know how. Everything is on. Yeah. And everything is on. But your beta, Mario's beta is not my beta. Tucker's beta is not my beta. And it is up to me and nobody but me to get myself from the bottom of this wall to the top of this pitch. And I just have to do that. If it's 10 pitches, 10 times. Right. And that's my, that was my send, was, was having that uh, realization and kind of relishing that experience. Mario, now it's your turn. Now Please you feel get free to talk. talk. Sorry, sorry. I, I like jumping <laughs> a little hardcore there. Um, so uh, as I take these things off my head here and um, you know, in, in hindsight, looking back at this, you know, knowing that I had no idea what the other things were, um, I'm going to go out of order that I just asked you guys to do. But my send, honestly, you know, and I, I'm probably going to sound super sappy and super dumb saying this, but I don't, I don't really give a flying fuck. But um, my send was honestly is building a better relationship with you two. Like, yeah, in all honesty, like that, hands down. Mario, our relationship can't get any better. Oh, and you know oh, oh, baby, it just gets closer. <laughs> closer. Skins are touching, but there's still Adam to I, be bonded. You might want to ask Audra about that one because I don't know that she agrees. <laughs> Listen, her opinion doesn't matter in bromance. Um, but, you know, no, honestly, I, I genuinely mean that. The Suffer, I mean, honestly, you know, and maybe this is like me flipping hats and I'm trying not to wear this hat, but the, the hat that comes on is the guide mode hat. I really wish that, and a small part of me wishes that I could have made sure that you guys sent and got to the top of every single route that you wanted to. Because I'm okay with me falling on a route. I'm okay with me not sending. Like, I... I I fucking had to get over that shit in my 20s. Like, <laughs> like you, you're just going to suck at rock climbing. You just have to, once you're okay with sucking at rock climbing, rock climbing actually gets a lot better. Yeah, a lot um, more fun. Yeah, a million times better. And I think the big thing that for me is, you know, thinking about that supper was, is like, this supper was maybe like 5% of the trip. Let's just be honest here. Like, it sure. was, I, I really don't remember anything bad of the trip. And I think that's why I have a hard well, time. Well, you blocked it out. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, let's no, be you guys remember any So of the let's think about it this way. Like, <laughs> our, to me, the we got the climbing that we needed out of it. The right. lessons were good. It, it would have been fun to top or whatever. It's something else that that would all have been fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. The to me now when I think of like big trad trips, I think of the three of us. And you know, like somebody else may join or whatever. And I don't think it'll ruin what we've got. But uh, I I don't know. To me anyway, like 95% of my life is like the daily grind of the things that I have to do. But the my mental world is filled with you know like loving my wife, loving my kids and rock climbing. Like those are the three big pillars. I, I would like to say like God, but to me, God kind of gets in the, in the other parts of it. And so when I think of like my dreams, my life, my aspiration, when people talk to me like, Oh, what do you love doing? What are what is your life about? Like it's those things. And I'm thinking of like you guys in the big trips or, you know, that also the trips that I take with some other people, but like my big rock climbing goals are pretty much centered around the stuff that we're doing. And so while I don't talk to you guys every day, right. I probably think about you guys a couple times a week, just I'm like, oh that. yeah, I'm gonna train and do this. And you know, and then Mario's gonna do this, or Cameron's gonna, oh, Cameron and I need to go back out to Oklahoma. We need to check with Mario if oh, Enchanted Rock is a good time, right? So like to me, I think we should do some low hanging fruit. I think that's honestly I, it. Like, I, granted, I want to do something big, but I think like Wichita's. Yeah, well, let's actually, go to Wichita's you know, and in reality, do a day. We should go to Quartz because Quartz is like scary enough. Dude, I have you been to give Quartz? Give me a month. No. Yeah. I need a month. Listen, come like over to the tension board. Oh no, we can't climb. Like, I don't want to climb until September. It's too hot. Okay, yeah. I, I'm okay with that then. But um. I'm into that. But yeah, but I think that's it. And so I think, in all honesty, we just need to decide where we want to go. It, you know, and if we're gonna be simple about it, I honestly think you know we should keep low hanging fruit, and we should at least do. But I think I said this last time. We should at least do Zion a total of three times. Yeah. Right. Because 
the second time we go back, we're going to kind of know what we're doing. The third time we go back, we're going to smash. Yeah. And then at that point, I think it's unless we have a hair up our ass to do something, we should really, then we should just move on to some zone. But right. it's not until the third time you know something. And I honestly, you know, and I'm, this might sound like really weird to say this, but it's like living, moving somewhere. It's not until the third year living somewhere new until you really feel established and like people start to know you. Yeah. Then it's yours. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. So are you saying we need to pick a date? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I'm not, I mean, dude, if you're ready to tie the knot, I am. <laughs> I mean, this ain't a proposal, but it might as well be. Well, I don't think we're going to be healthy and wanting to travel this winter. So you want to say, True. what, next November? Mm, I, I, no, I, I mean, I could disagree with that. I mean, if we were, we can't fly. Right. But if we could at least, you know, and this is why I said picking low-hanging fruit maybe close by. And Oh, yeah. No, this November, let's hit up Oklahoma. Let's hit up. The fern. I, yeah. I'd definitely oh, be down need, for some of that. We got to go to like Valley of the Blind or Caves Creek. The fern is too short. The fern, okay. You might as well go to okay. Rimer's Ranch if you're going to okay. go to fern. All right. I mean, whatever. Yeah, but uh, I, no, I definitely, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, that's it. Like, I, I have, my gut is telling me this and it's probably wrong based on everything that I have in my head floating around. But I think we should legitimately consider maybe going back to Zion in February. Like, we're not committing to any plans. But like legitimately going back in February, because if we go back in February, one, it's going to be one of the coldest months of the year yeah. there. So we don't have to do Alpine starts. We actually want to start when the sun gonna, is already the up. The days are going to be so fucking short. We're going to have yeah. to like, we'll haul ass, why homie. Not spring break. Uh, Let's do yeah, March. Like March would be, if we're doing that, why not do March? I, I'm with Tucker. Like, uh, dude, dude, February just said the fucking in, Utah, ass. in the mountains of fucking Utah. Like, I don't like the cold. Yeah, spring break, March. The cold. A, a little cold is fine. February in and Zion, it's like zero, man. We start climbing at like, you know, 9 a.m. I'm awake at 6.30 anyway. Like, <laughs> what am going I going to do run with three hours? Ass up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're because that's what I want to do on a climbing bag. trip is, is go get extra exercise. Oh, yeah, I'm on a climbing trip. I need more exercise. Yeah, yes, when I'll we're climbing run. We'll multi fish three days so in a row, we'll Cameron's got to get his <laughs> four miles in get my cardio in because I'm not going to be getting any of that. Oh, my God. Oh, Awesome. But regardless, I I think Look, I think early twenty twenty one we can I make know. this happen. Like, I, I, I want to. I, I want to. I want to so bad. Assuming I, I, assuming God, that people are not so utter bad. fucking shitheads and the world hasn't gone into economic. We collapse. cannot assume either of those right. things. And and so plan for it. And if it doesn't fucking work out, we just say no. Yeah. What am I What am I gonna do? Go climb. Come up here. Drive up here three days a week to climb on the tension board. Yeah, Hell that's yeah. Gonna really get me in shape to, to climb yeah. multi pitch. Yeah. We like we run out. Ah, dude. Nah, you don't have to be in shape. Listen. The no, I do have to be. For me, <laughs> I have to be in okay, shape. Okay. So hold on. The beauty of multi pitch is this: is you just got to do a couple moves, hang out. Couple moves, hang out. Couple moves, hang out. And then when the crux comes, you just have to throw down and then hang out. And then repeat the process. Just because he's the most experienced, we don't have to listen to him. Right. Cameron, you <laughs> and I, we're, we're going to work some tension board, get some get some strength back, and then we're going to go up to Oklahoma a couple times. We'll go to Plano a couple times when it's early before anybody else goes into the gym. We'll, we can we can figure it out. I'm just so uncomfortable with the state of the world, with the state of oh yeah, the no, state, yeah with no. the state of the metric Actually, like like and, and honestly like there was so I went to a BLM protest a month or so ago. Mm -hmm. um, and it was not what I thought it was going to be, but I'm really glad that I went. And, and I what I what I was hoping to get out of it was more perspective from individuals like Mario who have the opportunity to share some of the things that they've experienced. Yeah. Um, and I wish I'd gotten more of that. But I went to a protest the next weekend. I drove back and forth from Mississippi, and admittedly, Ugh. I didn't hardly spend any time outside the car. It was just me and my mom who I've seen a number of times. And I don't know, like I feel like every person has to pick a number of people that you're just like. I don't really care. I'm putting, you know. Yeah, it's your circle. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
so it was me and my mom, and then I met up with my grandparents when we were in Mississippi just for dinner, and then we drove straight back. Um, and like I, those situations that I've put myself in a position where I could infect people, and then so like I put myself on self quarantine after that for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like I was only in three gas stations and one restaurant. Like. I'm probably fine, but I'm still not going to take the chance right. that I'm going to go see other people because I've put myself. And then so like, well, do I feel comfortable going to the gym knowing that I could be the one that's infecting everyone else or like even coming over here? Like I've been to these other places. Like, do I feel comfortable infecting Tucker and then Keely or James or Chad? You know, like, no, no. I yeah. mean, really and truly the answer is no. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And, and, and so trying to, to work all that out and figure out like, Okay, again, what am I comfortable with? What is Mallory comfortable with? You know, like um, once people start going back into the office, if I'm going into the office, does that change things? And, 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 and all of that is just so like, yeah, coronavirus isn't going to kill everybody. I get that. But I also, I have four living married grandparents. Yeah. And I don't want to be the reason. No, no, right. no, that's real. That that that's changes. Real, real. Yeah. So. No, I agree. Uh, putting a pin in the corona topic which is valid uh if you go on any more blm uh protests hit me up okay uh i recently read white fragility and i'm now recommending it it's by a white person or like i got it from the library because i'm also a public library person mario Um, yeah mallory's all about but yeah uh and honestly it it's by a white person for white people and um it so many things that were hazy to me are clarified so many things that like i've experienced and not understood were clarified and it really gave me a sense of um something that I could actually do. Right. I hear a lot of white people say things like, well, I'm being accused of being racist and I feel like I'm not racist and I don't feel like we can have a conversation about it. And through that book, it helped me understand a little bit of both sides and kind of how to move forward from that. And so I, hold on. I just, I, I don't want to cut you off. I kind of do, but I kind of don't. Do we need to, do you want to wrap up the podcast? Nah, dude, we're on a flow. We're on a flow. Let's just let it wrap out. Because in all, in all honesty, and whoever's listening to this, like, if you're, okay, we're done talking about rock climbing, so if you want to sign off right now, go ahead and sign off. But, like, like this is where real shit gets talked about, so go for it. Okay, all right. So you were speaking. I apologize. We were talking about no, white fragility. It's your, you no, have the floor, Mario. So, no, it's funny you say that, because I was talking to a friend of mine today, and um, it's a client that I've been coaching for a while, and um, she was, like, having a conversation with me, and I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but... I expressed to her from the perspective of a black male, like, you know, okay, it's cool that, you know, you think this, but then I was like, but yeah, but you have to understand, like, I don't look at interacting with law enforcement or interacting with people like this as a situation of like good or bad. I look at interacting with them as like, I could get the living shit kicked out of me or I could die. Right. Then I'll die is on the latter end of the spectrum only because my experience with police and, you know, from earlier being a military brat, I'm used to growing up with a bunch of white kids. I've been in a very privileged situation where I've always been in. Anytime, inter- as a kid, inter- interacting with the cops, there's always been a white kid to talk to the cops. And, like, I know that sounds super dumb, but, like, that's honestly been my experience well, growing and, up. And that's just so, to me, that's just such a different, because, like, I was surrounded with so many white kids growing right. up. You know, like, and, and Mario, you and I have the, had the conversation yeah, about how definitely. group dynamics have shifted in the 10 years, you know, between you going through school and I going through school. But, but when cops showed up, I never had any fear about talking to them. And then... 
hearing you know you say that and some of the other other conversations that we've had about how like how comfortable you feel or in, in situations where you're just like oh yeah I just get pulled over or like there was the one time that I was following you we were driving to Rymers oh that shit and you was got pulled wild. over I, I gave you the death <laughs> I, know, I, 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 I fucked up I fucked up but I, it, it wouldn't have even occurred to me so you might not know this story Tucker so we were going oh to Rymers God. we were doing a climb it was the fucking middle of July it was hot as fuck and we were driving through B Cave yeah okay and shit. Mario. Some cop just starts tailing him, and so he's got five people in his so van. So it's me sitting in my van. Yeah, Taylor in the passenger side. Okay, uh, We've got Tommy, Amanda, which, Tommy, Tommy, which I saw today. Uh-huh. Haley, Ashley, Ashley, yep, and one other person I can't and remember. Malik, who, Malik, all sitting in the back of the car and in, in the van. And the thing about no it is, is belt, if, right. you don't, if you don't pay attention when you come up to my window seat, the back of the van is so dark, yeah. you can't see anybody back there. Yeah, and Malik. Tommy said a statement that I'll never forget to this day. He was like, that was the weirdest interaction I've ever heard between a human being and a police officer. And Malik was like, nah, nah that's normal. Yeah, that's that's every interaction. You know, and it was that moment that like, I remember just giving you a look when you get out of the car. Well, I'm like, so oh my God, we, you're going to get Mario, all the shots. Mario gets, he gets pulled, pulled over. over. Yeah. He pulls into a gas station parking lot. I pull into the gas station parking lot like, in front of his car, like there were, the way that it was set up you was kind of weird. Out left, yeah. I, 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 it was just kind of a weird situation. And then I get out of the car, and the cop, like all of a sudden, is like hands on his the gun, gun, like freaking the fuck out. And Mario's like, no, no, no. He's like, sir, get back in your car. Mario's like, go sit down, just go wait. And I was like, okay, all right. You almost died. Yeah. And we I, almost I, got I, shot. Honestly, I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna be honest here. I'm white. I don't know that I would have died in this situation. <laughs> but you However, were about to have a gun pulled on you. I did was not about to make things better for this you. Is not PG-13. Three. I, I don't. <laughs> a motherfucker puts his case. hand on a gun. Look, you can man, consider you are gonna car die. It is the color of blue cotton candy. I okay, I am a white man <laughs> with freckles. All right. I, Fuck. <laughs> I think this is a good illustration of the difference between how certain people view the police. A hundred percent. And while I recognize that this guy pulled Mario over for some fucking bullshit reasons, because he was a black guy driving through the city, is really the reason that he pulled you over. Yeah, and I mean, he, so he, he said po- Mario's so registration just, was out of... No, okay, but, like, okay, just so everyone else like, knows, my registration was out of inspection by one month. Your no, no, not even one month. So it goes like what? Like four something? Yeah. So my registration was out of inspection very shortly. Out of, and we're yeah. driving down whatever that highway 71. is. 71. Yeah. 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 And I mean, we're, we're driving the speed limit maybe a mile or two an hour over. I mean, like, Galaxia does not drive that fast. Let's be right. honest. Yeah. Everything no, is fine. No. Galaxia is a slow-moving vehicle. No, the only reason that guy pulled Mario over was that he is an African-American man driving a van through B Cave, Texas. Like, or that might not have been B Cave at that point, but whatever. It just is such a different experience. And um, I think, so honestly, the thing that I... The reason that I left that protest, so so we actually, I actually got, uh, it was me, Mallory, I had a cousin that went, her mom, my aunt, and my dad, actually. So we had a we had a pretty decent yeah. group, as well Seriously. as one of my coworkers. Have you ever met Tommy? A big, bald dude, has this giant red beard. Did he come climbing know. with you one time way back in the day? I don't think he's ever been climbing. No, um, then I don't think I've met him. Uh, he's been to Dallas. He used to climb at Dallas, actually, oh, for a while. I, he used to climb at Dallas. Okay, I have a visual picture of someone, and that's the only thing. He was at I my wedding. He was the guy who was doing a ton of dancing at my wedding. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes. I remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was nice. So um, I, I had this pretty decent-sized group, and we go to this protest, and it was the um, We Take the Streets protest, oh, which nice. they do from down, from City Hall every single day, which I, I, I commend their- They're still doing it every commi- single day? Yeah, apparently. Oh, I, I don't know how big it is anymore. Yeah. But their their whole thing is they march through the streets- they block off intersections. They make some noise. Yeah. 
that's their whole thing. Um, which, I mean, honestly, again, I, I really commend it. When they block off the intersections, they basically they have a megaphone. They hand it to anybody in the crowd who has a story that they want to share. Yeah. They offer that, that time and that space to those people to share that story. But I, I don't know if it was the day that I went or the group of people that was there. But there were a lot of white people that were talking in those situations. And I, that's not why I'm at those protests. Right. You know, like, I'm not there to hear from other people of privilege about why they're there to support other. Oh, okay. So the other thing that about this protest that I went to that, that was part of the reason this, this group that I was with left. Um, we marched from City Hall through downtown to uptown. And we marched down uh, McKinney, mm-hmm. basically like uh, a ways. Yeah, it was not a short, not a short protest. And you know, uh, chant. You know, they're they're doing a good job, like throughout the way of leading chants. And and I didn't learn what ACAB meant until afterwards. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, that was what does ACAB mean? All cops are bastards. Say it like it is. <laughs> and um, well, so we walk past. There's a there's a Whole Foods on McKinney in Uptown. Oh yeah. And they tried to divert the entire protest through the Whole Foods. Um, okay. And I guess there was some security guard or some something at the front that they wouldn't let the yeah. leaders of this protest walk the whole group through the Whole Foods. Yeah. So we keep walking down McKinney, and I figured it was just some, we'd stopped for some reason they were talking to this guy, whatever. And then, so we get to, like, the end of McKinney where it splits, and it um, and they were like, do you think this is a pretty good group? And it's like 300 people. Like, it's a yeah. decent-sized protest. Not, not huge, but yeah, pretty, no, that, but that's solid. Reasonable size. And we were like, yeah. And like, do you think it would be bigger with 500 more people? And yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's simple math. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, do you think that the target off of Lemon could stop 500 or 800, all of us walking into the... And I was like, wait a minute. Wait, yeah, are we talking on. about rioting and looting? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm trying, like, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah. And, you know, their, I guess their whole idea was that they were going to disrupt these businesses and force these business owners to recognize that people are upset and they yeah. need to side with the consumers sort of, yeah. Yeah. That, that they need to use their influence and use their privilege to effect change. Yeah. No, Which I mean, I, I, I get sort of, I, I'm not saying I disagree with, right. but I also don't think that putting 800 people into a target is the best idea in no, the middle of a pandemic. Uh, yeah. You know, I think killer Mike said this best and, you know, and people disagree with me on this and multiple planes, but like, I, I, do I understand the premise of rioting and looting as a form of protest? Absolutely. I get it. Sure. Like, yeah. you know, like, for example, do you know what one of the first items to go the fastest is in a riot and a loot? Baby supplies. It's one of the first things to go. Like, huh. super fast. That's just expensive. I wouldn't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. I'm yeah. aware. I mean, but, you know, but that shit goes really fast. And so, like, I, I, I understand the premise of it, you know, and I don't believe in destroying your own home right. to make a point. Uh, but at the Don't same time, you know, if, face if motherfuckers won't listen, then you got to do what you got to oh, do. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. And, and I think that the fact that, like, I had a discussion um, three years ago, um, back when Colin Kaepernick was still playing in the NFL, and the whole kneeling, yeah. his whole kneeling protest was a prevalent part of um, this conversation. I yeah. mean, because that's really what it was, was a precursor to right. the mass movement that we're seeing at this point. So... Mallory's step granddad, or uh, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Mallory's granddad died, remarried, this new man named Bob, who's been in her life her whole life. And we're having a discussion about Colin Kaepernick. And he's talking about how privileged he was and how he never came from environments where yeah. um, 
this was prevalent and he's very white anyway and I didn't have the experience or the knowledge to really like a lot of the things that have come to light since then have mm -hmm. been wonderful talking points right. for why that what he was doing was the right thing at that time he's using you know like I tried to give the he's using his platform to speak out for other people who don't have right this reach and this voice and you know just in his mind he's just being disrespectful and he's yeah. just uh, not he's not doing the right thing by making football about politics or whatever yeah. and then now we end up in this situation a handful of years later where we're past the point of peaceful protest you know like people have protested peacefully for a number of years and yeah since the 60s before the 60s <laughs> yeah, true true um well and one of the things that i think to go along with that is you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was when the riots were more of a talking point. Everybody was talking about them, and you know, people who were against the general movement were talking about them and saying, like, "Oh, no, I can't believe people are for rioting. Like, of course, you know, cops shouldn't be killing people, but you know, these rioters are also killing people, and nobody's standing up to them." And are rioters really killing people? Well, well that that's a, for the sake of the right. argument, anyway. And anyway, at, as it was happening, you know, I'm having that conversation. I'm like, I'm not. I understand the rioters. I'm not necessarily for the rioters, right? Yeah. I, I understand that. I, I don't necessarily agree, but you know, at, at a certain point, you know, you, you protest and you protest, and you know, you kneel at a football game, and that's too much, right? That's really bringing everybody down. <laughs> and so then we get the rioters, and then the rioters stop, and now people are peacefully protesting, and you just don't hear it. It's not in the national discussion. And so part of the thing to me is, if a protest doesn't affect people, it's not really that much of a protest, right? A protest, as much as it, I, protest involves disruption. You must right. disrupt the main. Like you got to like you you've got to halt. The, Something. Yeah, yeah. you got to halt the state of whatever is natural in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. Like, I think you're spot on. And I think the problem with, like, the whole kneeling with Colin Kaepernick thing is people were like, I'm just going to say it like it is, assholes think they own football. Right. And they're like, well, football <laughs> no, is yeah. American sport. Yep. And you shouldn't have to do anything. Football is as political as it fucking comes. Because they hire professional football players to go to public Republican and Democratic conventions mm -hmm. to get people to show up. Football is a Republican, uh, no, not Republican. Football is a politicalized, politicized sport. It is used for whatever well, you want. And football is football will yield to the highest bidder. The military pays the NFL to get the national anthem there. So to me, I, that's I, already I, I would 100% agree yeah. that, 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 but it is also, I think that making the argument that those public figures in the sphere of football um, are just public figures. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for listening. I know this was a long one, but as you can tell, we are having fun. Uh, we touched on a lot of topics. We've touched on a lot of things. If anything affect you or you thought was cool, drop a comment leave a message, or if you guys have a story that you would like to share on Sins and Suffers, feel free to reach out to me. I'm, I'm, I mean, honestly, the whole point of doing this is just to talk to rad people. And if you're listening to this, you're as rad as they get.